Hello, as Bavalium Cofaldieri, who gets a clear show, Shachley. She, Robert Akarslach, Mish. I'm Bob Carswell, and I'd like to welcome you to this programme, Shachley. In this edition of Shachley, on Shachley Echircho. Egg Oir and Imbach, at the season's edge. A presentation this weekend at the Erin Arts Centre by Fulton Theatricals and Kirgin Kujach. As Fail Snarchiol Fert Charn, Port Erin Jazz Festival, including two events at the Erin Arts Centre next weekend. Blinten at the Henner and Mona in a Rulish Briach team, the Royal Arn and Saucen Yacht the Hashpinis, as Vishener and Order Almi Mounser. Via Nagan me Moralta Shezach Downs Teach Vanning. Remy Cordale. Ach, esh, henke mach, drawe arm a lord foglen uns clay, as ne smune shen she clay ve skrut eg mona se veul vanenach. Vai mi mai de lure downse, grau mi liga arm de ve maachter, ne drawe eble dem a lord foglen se veul vanenach. Shen me veirish brende Williamson, yes, ren mona braich gies de royal arn er no den e downser mai ve brende, as ren ish cordel, nach hedden as ren mish. Rosh Maduri Mach, Drawi Uriachta. For Bernard Cain, Clay Tobin Metallier, as for Christine Tier, Clay and Lian and Sheeg as a Clay show, Er Erna Cushigan. She Ben Er of Verchach and Mrs. Joni for Brenda, as for Mish, Finlo and Easter, Bach Ach Morn, na Jinnach Puso Joni, der of a Huisher Gedegason as Vex. Eg a chwyd slwys yn jynnw siôr roos diori yn eg ffeil i pan chelchach ond cilerna ond county ceri. Yr yr iach ceri mwt ar greirish, ond snerin. Ach, y flein ar gain fy mwna sy'r ahorin dy ynnw y clai rys, ond smanin. Mae so rhen mi a rege, na rawi er brenda's misioch dy gawnsa, lech sianach i dy hynsyn sgil, siash yn clain yr eirt nain. Fy bynnod ys Christine Fosgyn yn yr eirt noxyn, er nod raw y rhen yn ochd y goel nys. Ach de eurliche pöt de oglen son a sianachi, chamas nevus de script glorish mona hanna, ve arm jinnu imid je a vocabulary the Anglo-Manx dialect glorish A.W. Moore, Sophia Morrison as Edmund Goodwin as Manx dialect glorish W.W. Gill. Manx dialect theatre was something that arose in the early 20th century, particularly at the urging of Sophia Morrison, wanting a domestic Manx theatre that represented the island in the same way that the Abbey Theatre in Dublin had developed to represent aspects of Irish life. Michael Player's RBV have continued the tradition, including performing plays by Mona Douglas, who kept up the Manx dialect play tradition throughout her life. Someone who took part in Mona's dialect plays with Eglach Vanning is Annie Kissick. And now she herself is involved in creating Manx theatre, but it seems that Annie is exploring other aspects of Manx life. Here she is to tell us about it. The plays that I've been involved with recently and I've been writing came from an initiative from James Franklin. Um, he, he came to me some a few, about six months ago, I think, and said, well, would you like to write a play, mm-hmm. a Manx play with a particular theme? And the theme would be Maeve traditions in some way or other. 
And I said, well, why, why do you think I would be able to write a play? And he said, I overheard you saying you liked writing dialogue. <laughs> and I thought, well, I do like writing dialogue. And is there any, to myself, is there any re- real reason why I would say no? Because having been at that point, being on the, on, on the road to retirement, I thought well, that would be quite fun to try. And I think initially, I don't know whether James was expecting something in Manx dialect because what I ended up writing was not in Manx dialect at all <laughs> because I started to think, well, you have to think about different audiences and, and the purpose of plays, don't you? And the tends to in Manx dialect plays, as far as I, I'm aware and having seen many over the years, they nearly always comedy and fairly short and fairly lightweight and enjoyable and good fun with an awful lot of dialect. Now, I began to wonder, people these days, I mean, I use I use phrases and my children don't know what I'm talking about in mm-hmm. dialect and certainly others don't. And of course, that must, and I'm a Manx person, so there must be a certain amount of people who will be perhaps not that keen <laughs> necessarily to, to come along for something built that way. But of course, Manx history and Manx ideas are open, are open to everybody. And certainly in the period of time when I ended up setting this play when I actually wrote it, which was the mid-19th century, there were, of course, many people speaking English and many English people on the island, indeed. And I started, play started to take shape, actually, in my mind, in a house rather similar to where my sister is living in <laughs> Douglas, in Upper Douglas, which had been fairly newly built at the time of the play. So I had a setting in mind, and the people who might have inhabited this place were partly to a degree based on, well, imaginatively based on some of my own ancestors who came over from England in probably the 1890s, but certainly, which was later than the period of the play, but they they actually lived in in, in the same house. So I had a a huge photo album of Victorian-looking, quite middle-class-looking ladies and gentlemen, and I started, who, of course, as... The family grew up here, married into Manx society. They became, over many years, Manx, but certainly not in the period of the play. So they became my main interest. I was thinking of the how I would link this up with Manx, with, with the original brief of Maeve traditions, etc. I thought, well, obviously, they're not going to go, these sort of people and their long big crinolines and... <laughs> discussions are not going to start go out on the hills and start leaping over flames and certainly we can't do that on the stage anyway even if they Mm. wanted to so I was reading some of the newspaper the correspondence in the newspapers of the period about reactions to the traditions of particularly setting fire to the hillsides on May Eve and the, the very colourful language people, uh, the correspondents would use to describe the, the, these things. And I thought, that's probably where I'm going to set this play, against that background, really, about against those sort of discussions. And is the maintenance of culture, how far can you move towards that and yet move forward and be in the modern age? You're sort of trapped between... Well, not trapped, but we're always suspended between the moving forward of one culture and another, aren't we? And it was no different then, but mid-1860s, we were on the cusp of change, 
physical change in on the island, big building projects, uh, political change with popularly elected House of Keys on the way, change, although considerably later, for the role of women. So I suppose all these things filtered in a little bit, subtly, hopefully, into the play, and it just, it just grew like that. How is this going to be presented then? Who have you got to take part in it? Thalton Theatricals. Well, I was very lucky. I asked people I've seen on stage who I thought might be able to do it, and I didn't know if they would want to do it, but I was delighted with such a positive response. Obviously, I gave them the play to read first. Ruth Kegan was thrilled with it. She takes the lead role, and she's an absolutely... It was a brilliant choice. She's an excellent actress, and playing them really intelligently and sensitively. She's the main figure, if you like. Perhaps the force of moderation to a degree in a world. I knew we needed various foils and contrasts here, of course, because we're representing different things. So her husband, June Brideson, I know well as, as a friend, and of course he's a stalwart of many of the dramatic societies on the island and a well-experienced actor. And he, he was very happy to join. And then Becky Trainer, who's going to be our maid in this role, which is quite a significant role in the end. She, of course, I've seen her on the stage and in the Manx dialect plays. So she, if you like, our representative of that. And then Corey Phillips, who is, is absolutely tremendous as a character you would never have had in 1860. A campaigning woman, two things that didn't happen and are not historical at that point but I thought they ought to be mm. and she's quite funny and with her husband is my great mate Bill Corlett mm. who is just up for doing anything there so Thalton Theatricals we are now yes. <laughs> you mentioned Corey Phillips in relation to your play but she's also come forward as an author. Yes we decided that one one-act play was not going to fill an evening and we would need another half. And I originally envisaged having some music and poetry of the Sevira in the first half. But we wanted some variety and have slightly more drama in this event than perhaps we would normally have as Kirch and Kuja when we're mainly doing singing and readings. So... Corey said, well, actually, I was also commissioned to write for Culture Vannon last year, and I've produced three short, funny, horrible history-style plays about various aspects of Manx history, and I've got one about the reforms of Governor Locke, which is set in the 1860s, and it's funny. So we said, yes, show us it. And it gives a political... I suppose, an overview of reforms that Governor Loch brought into the island and the changes he instigated. But that sounds very heavy, but it's actually done in 21st century style and in a comic way. So we are indeed going to perform Corey's comedy, and that's a sort of modern-day take. I'm actually acting in that. I get to act in that one, which is nice. And uh, we're using that in the first half as well. It's a short place. It works very well in the context of what we do. And it's a nice lead into the in-between times, which is the play I wrote. So it was rather rather fortuitous mm. that we, we randomly ended up writing in the same mm. period. You mentioned the involvement of Kirge and Kujak as well. So there'll be a, a thread of music going through it. Yes, 
we've got some of our well-known songs, a couple of arrangements people perhaps won't have heard before, which will be nice. But they're sort of integrated into the show rather than being the sort of thing where you listen to a song, listen, clap, and somebody says something. So it's more sort of integrated and stretch things a bit, providing some songs over different times, starting from the fishing times, when fishing was the strongest industry, Man and Vegveen, and then we work through quite creatively through the 19th century and quite quickly really towards the end when we've actually got promenade up and down we've got musicals on so we've got a very quick flip through that but en route we have a song which the words which were written by a fellow who was actually dead before the 1850s but the subject very is very well and that is the great manxman edward forbes who people know mostly for his work in uh, his pioneering work in what became marine biology and oceanography but he wrote some tremendous poems i think so i've <laughs> and quite funny and quite pertinent to the so I, i've set a tune for one of those to be sung and then uh, so we meet him as a sort of ghost and mm-hmm. we had a few ghosts popping up and down because we're quite creative with the timing there. We have an appearance of Molokaren himself. Yes, not at all happy with the way the changes are going on in the island, because he represents the language there. We have an appearance of George Quarry come back from America mm. with a bit of reminiscing about life in Life and Bride when he was a young fella, mm. which is probably at the period of a play. And a few other people mm. drifting in and out with bits and pieces, but I hope people will realise... What we're getting at, and we'll have a quite useful programme. <laughs> this is planned for this coming Saturday. At the Erin Arts Centre at 7.30. The Erin Arts Centre uh, have been absolutely fantastic and very encouraging of the whole project, very much, you know, getting original Manx drama, original plays and not just in one place on the island, but in the, the Air and Art Centre is a lovely setting for something like this. Mm. Yeah. And how can people get tickets for it? Well, again, through the Air and Art Centre box office. Which is... Annie Kissick, author of The In-Between Times, which will be prefaced by Corey Phillips' new short comedy, Our Lochy Charm, in which Annie also gets to act. The whole event is entitled At the Season's Edge, and takes place at the Air and Arts Centre at 7.30 this Saturday evening, the 2nd of October. Tickets are £8, only £2 for under-18s, and you can get them through the Air and Arts Centre box office. In Shachle a fortnight ago, we heard some of the poets whose work forms the Isle of Man Poetry Society's Poetry Trail in Ramsey, Peel and Douglas this year. You can read Viv Ward's poem in the Barista Coffee Shop in Parliament Street in Ramsey. Mine is quite simply called Poetry. It starts with an idea, but nothing seems to rhyme. You're strolling at sea level, then face a mountain you must climb. You search to find a hidden route and try to form a plan. You find yourself like King Canute. Holding back the tide, but you're merely a human. Words start to flow, but make no sense. So you change your route with some expense. You feel you have a message that you need to tell the world. But to get it out there to folk, a tale must be unfurled. You want to tell them, live your life. But use your brain, don't look for strife. 
Enjoy the simple things you see. Watch nature at her best. Sit quiet and enjoy the surrounding beauty. Breathe deeply and let your spirit rest. Sow seeds and watch them germinate. Feel the wonder when they grow. When the fruits appear, you can celebrate with produce you can show. Now you're back on track and the route is all clear. You can put pen to paper without any fear. The path is straightforward, it's downhill all the way. Thoughts trying to invade can wait until another day. So the message is over, now it's time to go home. But these are my thoughts on writing a poem. Viv Ward, reading her Poetry Trail winning entry, Poetry. Another winning entry came from Tia Welsh, and her poem is called Rising Truth. Love is like a ball of dough, I told my youngest one fresh morning in spring. Knead with gentle hands, and be careful not to throw. When summer blessed us with its golden glow, she mixed her feelings as one, and told herself, Love is like a ball of dough. He was her best friend's brother, a brother she'd always longed to know. She passed Sally the truth in a cough and a flutter before saying, knead with gentle hands and be careful not to throw. It was quiet for a while then, the days in endless tow, until Sally's excitement got the better of her and she dared to let it fly. Love is like a ball of dough. Her honesty melted his iciness, iciness as cold as snow. And when they finally met, did she confess her tenderness and warned, knead with gentle hands and be careful not to throw. Emptiness pierced her heart the day she discovered his friend called Joe. I cradled her in my flower-stained arms and whispered, love is like a ball of dough, knead with gentle hands and be careful not to throw. The poem Rising Truth, performed by Tia Welsh, and you can read that at the Knorr Bakehouse in the Isle of Man Poetry Society's Poetry Trail up until the 31st of October. In just over a week's time, the Erin Arts Centre again provides a venue, this time for the Port Erin Jazz Festival, staged with the support of Selton Manx. Back in May, we heard from Jerry Carter about his band, Blue Vanning, playing at the Erin Arts Centre Jazz Club. So let's join Jerry Carter now and find out more about the forthcoming event. We're very excited. We've got a, a jazz festival at Port Heron. Um, we've got two nights at the Erin Arts Centre, and I, d- I don't want to plug it, but it's selling. It's selling out. So if you're going, get get in quickly. Get on site and buy some tickets. It's fifteen pounds a night or twenty five pounds for the two tickets. On the Friday night, we've got uh, a local group called Cool Hand Fluke, who are a very progressive sort of Herbie Hancock free jazz type of group, and then we've got. Alan Barnes and Dave Newton, and they're supported by the Leeds College of Music house band. Dave Newton is a lecturer at the Leeds College of Music, so he's seconded the the best of his students to come and play. Saturday afternoon is free jazz at the Bay Hotel. 
three local bands and uh, a UK saxophone is called Becky Rourke coming over. She's playing with the Leeds Music College Band. Um, we've got Heinrich Coop and the Heinrich Maneuver. And we've got Martin Thomas's new band, Your Manx is Better Than Mine, Trini Carey, they're called. They're a sort Trini Carey, yeah, three or, three or four. Three or four. They're a sort of a jazz twist on traditional Celtic tunes. So that's all exciting stuff. The Falcon's Nest, we've got the Big Wheel Blues Band. You can't have a festival without the Big Wheel Blues <laughs> Band. They're an institution. Then we've got um, the Dave Holland Swing Band. And I think uh, Mike Divers and Dave Holland have got to get away to the gaiety after that. I think Doug Davidson's making an appearance. Oh, right. So that'll be wonderful. Then we have Loose Crew, uh, who everyone knows. And then we've got Blue Vanin will be doing a short set with a few guests. Mm. Then we're going to have a, either a sharp intake of breath or a pint of bushes. Then we're supporting the Saturday evening's a tribute to 1959, which will be Alan Barnes, Dave Newton, the Leeds boys, Becky Rourke, and our sort of local uh, saxophonist Stephen Hind will be guesting with them as well. What's the reason for the tribute to 1959? Right, 1959 was considered to be a very seminal year for jazz and some memorable albums came out from Charles Mingus, um, Arnett Coleman and with three massive selling albums was Time Out by Dave Brubeck, there was Giant Steps which was John Coltrane's definitive album and of course it was Kind of Blue with Miles Davis which I think everybody knows. And in addition, Alan Barnes was born in 1959 <laughs> and he produced a marvellous album of covers called Plus Eleven, which was a tribute to one of the 1959 albums, which he arranged with a trombonist called Mark Nightingale and a big band and some lovely stuff on that. So we're hoping that uh, everything that will be on the Saturday was either has a 1959 connection. Mm. So it's, 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 it, it was possibly the best ever year for jazz. Mm. And one of those, well, several of those releases included Thelonious Monk, of course, and Dave Newton oh. is, a, is the man to tell us about him. Dave Newton is an encyclopedia, well, they're both encyclopedic about their knowledge of jazz, but Dave Newton's just that lovely, understated, slightly off-the-beat style that Monk played. Nobody does it better than Dave Newton. It's It's just worth coming down just to listen to that if nothing else mm. so we really look and of course Dave and Alan met at Leeds Jazz College and they've been playing together on and off now for about well, longer than they care to admit to I would say about 40 years mm. so there's a, a certain telepathy between them but as you say it's very well supported already so people will have to be quick to get tickets for it well this isn't just a plug um, I think there's about 12 tickets left on the Friday and about 20 on the Saturday so, and, and on the Saturday afternoon it's free, but the venues are quite small, so if you're coming down, probably best to get a seat early as well. Guaranteed a good day. Never, the wind never blows in Port Aaron, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Carter, saxophonist and member of the band Blue Vanning, telling us about the Port Aaron Jazz Festival which will be taking place on Friday the 8th and Saturday the 9th of October. The festival is being supported by Selton Manx. There'll be an opportunity to remind you of it in Schachle next Thursday evening, but by then it looks as though it'll be too late to get tickets for the Air and Arts Centre sessions, so you'll need to get on to the Air and Arts Centre box office pretty quickly to get to those. On Friday the 8th of October, Cool Hand Fluke will be the support, and then that opportunity to hear two leading musicians, saxophonist Alan Barnes and Dave Newton on piano, with members of the Leeds College of Music Jazz Band. On Saturday evening, the 9th, Blue Vanning will be playing, and there'll be that tribute to 1959, 
with Alan Barnes and Dave Newton and the Leeds College of Music Jazz Band, with another alumna of the Leeds College of Music, saxophonist Becky Rourke. Tickets for the Friday or the Saturday are £15 each, but you can enjoy both evenings for only £25, but only if you're quick. However, there are also those non-ticket events taking place on Saturday afternoon with eight bands in two venues, the Bay Hotel and the Falcon's Nest in Port Erin, so we'll remind you of those in Chachlai next Thursday evening. But for this Thursday evening, that's it from Chachlai. Shane was Chachlai Gyrtjo. So from me, Bob Carswell, as myself on being Robert Carslach, sledding you. <laughs>